stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. Stadium. Their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. you live from two different locations on computers this is the blue heaven podcast what is going on dodgers nation my name is clint you can find me as real frg on twitter and instagram that guy over there is is oh that's my entry okay thank you i appreciate that you don't usually give me a a soft toss to it guys what's up my name is brooke you can find me at brooke me three on twitter and instagram today well we got a lot of stuff to talk about. We got to talk about our Elite Sports Collectibles giveaway of that. Well, we have a big giveaway, actually, yeah. right? Yeah, this is yeah. Uh, probably, well, definitely our biggest giveaway with our friends at Elite Sports Collectibles to date. And, uh, you know, it's going to be our second to last show of the year. So next week, we got to have the giveaway. We got to announce it. We can't make people just like wait around and we're not going to come back on, you know, in between the holiday times. That's just weird. Nah, nah, nah. We're 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 busy during that, doing nothing and not talking to each other. Um, cold stove, hot stove. Eh, cold stove's heating up. Some things are happening. It's a really rough year, guys. We don't know what to expect. Baseball doesn't even know what they're doing. But slowly but surely, things are happening, and we're excited about it. And we want to talk about it tonight, as I'm sure you do too. Yeah, the cold stove is finally heating up. So that uh, that is a good time. We also got to talk about uh, Hendricks and Morrow and Bauer. Oh my! Because as as the uh, rumors happen, we'll, we'll go heavy on the fact that these are rumors. Uh, it gives us some fun things to talk about, uh, and we also want to talk about our as we uh, we are the Los Angeles Dodgers, as people DM us sometime thinking we are. Uh, we got to talk about our uh, own free agents, kind of seeing what the latest that's going on with uh, people like Kiki and uh, and the rest, as they call them, JT and all that kind of stuff. So I say we uh, we jump into it. First off, we got to announce the winner for last week's giveaway. We were giving away a Corey Seager autographed, what is it, 11 by 14 photo. And of course, Corey Seager is picking up rings all throughout 2020 and especially this winter he's world series champion he's a world series mvp he is married to maddie so he is a very lucky man we're giving away that autographed Corey photo and let me find the drum roll and the winner of that ball is uh brooke uh you know you know the names i won (laughs) (laughs) i can't believe i won thank you i appreciate it the winner of the beautiful Corey seager autograph 11 by 14 photo karina that's at karina underscore c e j on instagram you have won it it's in your household you can frame it you can do whatever you want with it i don't care it's yours now just send us a dm on instagram we'll send you one probably tonight maybe tomorrow morning i never know you got 48 hours to respond to claim your prize courtesy of elite sports collectibles that's at elite sports collectibles on instagram i uh i don't think i don't think uh she has it already but it's close enough 
Whatever. Close enough. You know, whatever. Uh, before, no, actually, go go and get to the next one. The the next giveaway, the final giveaway of 2020 is uh, we're we're pretty stoked about this one. We are giving away. Hold on, my drum roll here. It it's a pretty cool prize package. So we're giving away to three winners. We are giving away an autographed Julio Urias baseball, or Urias, if you want to be nasty about it. Uh, Dustin May signed baseball, not autographed. This one is signed, and that awesome, you can probably barely see it on the screen, or if not, check it out on our Instagram page, because that's where you need to go to enter to win, is on our Instagram, at official Dodgers Nation, but we're giving away a uh, 2020 commemorative World Series baseball bat that has all of the... um, I think it's all of the games from the World Series, like all the engravings and all that kind of stuff. So check it out. The The imagery will look better on our Instagram. Uh, you just got to follow us at Official Dodgers Nation on Instagram. You got to follow our friends at Elite Sports Collectibles. It's a very important part. And tag your friends. Uh, every tag of a friend is an entry to win one of those three items. We will be announcing three winners next week for our end of year celebration uh, super show. Thank you. And that's it. <laughs> In a roaring stadium, their silence is deafening. 136 Israelis are still being held hostage by Hamas. Bring them home. I got to take a moment because uh, Jess is in the stream. I haven't seen Jess in the stream in a Jess. while. Jess says I miss baseball and I miss you guys. Jess, it's good to see you. I hope you're doing well. I haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, yeah. We uh, queen queen of the stream, queen, queen of the show. Yeah. Uh, also, I see AJ in the stream, and we got to shout out AJ. Happy birthday, AJ. He is, I think, uh, 57 today. <laughs> 57 years young. Congratulations, AJ. <laughs> AJ on the guitar. All right, get us into the stuff. I've been trying to drink this beer for a minute. No, I'm my bad. Yeah, you got a really important thing. You got to drink the beer. We got a lot oh, going a on, beer. but also nothing going on at the same time. If you guys have been paying attention to rumor mills, if you guys have been, we just had baseball's winter meetings, and you wouldn't know it because nothing happened. I haven't even heard of any meetings that happened. I haven't heard of any agents that talked about anything. So it doesn't sound like much as anticipated as we predicted. Doesn't sound like it was very successful. And to be fair, it was all done virtually. It was all done via Zoom or Skype or Google Hangouts or whatever your company wants to pay for or not pay for because they're cheap, whatever they <laughs> want to do. Um, Cisco. So nothing really happened. We had, you know, we got New Rumor Monday. That's what we're doing today because it seems like every single week there's a full series of rumors that come out in any given week. Some of them. <laughs> Some of them have some teeth to them, and some of them are just completely made up by a writer who's very bored and has nothing to do with his time right now. And we're going to talk about both sides of those things. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, a couple of those were Ken Rosenthal, a couple of the bored writer ones. Um, and that's not something you usually get out of Kenny, but it's yeah. been a really weird off season. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing Jeff Passan have no idea what to do with his hands, so he's like arguing with himself and arguing with Mike. I think it was Mark Feinsand on Twitter and things like that, like. Uh, these 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 boys be bored. This is usually uh, there's there's two there's like like two months a year where baseball writers are just really top of the pops, and uh, they are not <laughs> this year because the trading deadline was whack and winter meetings have been even worse. So the big one that happened today, of course, people are excited about it because this is the only one that seems to have actual real teeth is Liam Hendricks. Uh, sh- shutdown closer for 
the Oakland Athletics rumored to be linked to the Dodgers. How do you feel about uh, about Liam? I know we're going to get a little bit more. We're going to deep dive more into all of the, the rumors in a little bit, but how do you feel about the, the Hendricks uh, rumors? I think, uh, and we'll talk about it more later, but I think of all of the rumors I've seen this offseason, um, obviously than the things that have already happened, like minor league signings, um, I think that's the one that carries the most weight to it. I think that's the most logical one. I think that's the direction that the Dodgers will go. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk more about it a little bit later. you got to stick around the whole show to find out, guys. I'm not just going to give it to you right off the bat so you can leave and act like you know something at a party later. He's a, he's a tease, huh? You're a pod, yeah. you're a pod tease. You're a radio show kind of guy. <laughs> Hell yeah. But uh, there, was, there was actual moves. I mean, there was like a Trevor Bauer rumor. There was... Uh, uh, I forgot what else. I mean, you, you're seeing LeMayhew and all that. We'll get into more of those of the, the players kind of coming back, uh, potentially coming, I should say. But we have the players that actually did come back. Uh, the Dodgers went hog wild on the uh, final, I guess, sort of official day of fake winter meetings, of OnlyFans winter meetings, where they went and brought back. Uh, it was it was flashback Friday. Brandon Morrow is back. Brock Brock is back. Jimmy Nelson, who was a Dodger, uh, most of us forgot, is back. back. <laughs> I see what you did there. Um, right. Yeah. So, uh, and then there's a uh, an infielder, uh, like minor league depth guy. What's his name? Carlos Asuaje or something like Asuaje. that. Uh, James Passos, who is, I believe, a left-handed reliever. Some arms. Mm-hmm. Some arms. Probably the most noteworthy, Brandon Morrow. <laughs> he he went and uh, he went and took a bunch of money from the Cubbies and then came back home. Yeah, uh, if you guys remember Brandon Morrow at all, he was the guy. <laughs> every year. There seems to be a guy that Dave Roberts and Andy Friedman just absolutely ride into the ground, and it's always in a contract year. It's always a guy that's on a one-year deal or something similar to that. It happens every time. Uh, 2017, it was Brandon Morrow. And if you remember, that dude pitched in like every freaking game. He made 45 appearances during the regular season, which for a reliever, not anything crazy or over the top, but made a ton of appearances during the playoffs. Arguably, way too many appearances during the playoffs. I think he appeared in like 14 of the games or something ridiculous like that Mm -hmm. through the three series, which is just, (laughs) it's just asking a lot. Uh, Morrow was really, really good during the regular season um, and then got rocked by, I mean, he, he had a, he had a really good championship series. He had a really good division series that year. He got rocked by cheating Astros. So it's hard to really compare that and to, to, to say, you know, was that real? Was that fatigue? Was that them cheating? I was probably them cheating. Cause I'm always going to blame them for everything that they do. Cause they're the worst that they are. Bringing Brandon Morrow back after getting a did he get he got like a twenty one million dollar deal didn't he with the Cubs yeah something ridiculous yeah over twenty million homie got bank didn't really play <laughs> he he was, didn't really play he was healthy for like the first half of twenty eighteen was the Cubs closer he saved like more than twenty games ERA under one and a half. And then I think his back gave out on him and it just he that was it. That was all she wrote for old Brandon Morrow for the Cubbies. So he spent most of that time trying to come back. I think they released him last year, if I'm not mistaken. And then now he signs back on with L.A., a place where he's had success. He knows the people. Uh, I mean, granted, somebody like Rick Honeycutt is gone. Um, Still in the organization, but he's not around. So, I mean, it could be a steal. He's only, what, 33? Six now, thirty. Yeah, thirty-six. He'll be thirty-seven, I think, around uh, mid-season. It says mid-season next year. Right. Um, it's a solid flyer, definitely uh, a solid flyer. And, and like you're saying, you know, we we tend to have luck 
again, I, I, I use we liberally as in we are the Dodgers front office, but uh, right. the Dodgers tend to have luck in getting that guy. There was Brandon Morrow. There was the Joe Blanton of, of you know, the year, I think, before. Uh, there was a lot right. of those type of people, and it sort of became the expectation. We talked about it last week, I think, or not terribly long ago, where in 2018 it was supposed to be Tom Kohler, uh, to be that next guy, he blows up his shoulder in spring training, and then last year, um, I don't I don't remember who the hell it was supposed to be in nineteen. I guess they did that mid season with like Ryan Matson. I know, cover your ears. I said the evil name of Ryan Matson, uh, but in twenty it was supposed to be Jimmy Nelson, and then that you know he hurt his back. So, uh, you look at this and it's like okay, that's cool, but you still have. Pedro Baez as a free agent. You still have Blake Trinan as a free agent. You brought in a guy who hasn't been good for the last couple of years with Corey Knable. <sighs> is that enough bullpen or is Liam Hendricks the real deal? Yeah, I mean, you look back at the past couple of years, and this is something that they do pretty often. They take flyers on minor league guys. Um, and I will say of the last couple of years, this is the highest quality group of guys that they've taken flyers on at the minor league level. The fact that you can get Brandon Morrow a guy who got paid $21 million by the Cubs on a minor league deal in the first place is huge. Yeah. Like set aside everything that's happened to him, set aside the past two years with the Cubs, et cetera. A guy that was paid that much money as a reliever at one point. Now that you get him on a minor league deal is huge. It's a huge discount. No matter what, it is the right move to make no matter what. Mm-hmm. I don't care if he comes in and, and gives up 25 straight home runs to start off this <laughs> start off spring training or whatever you want to call it. It's it's worth a risk because you're there is no risk. There's almost no cost to you. It makes sense. Yeah. Um, the funny thing is the Cubs did the same thing that the Dodgers did the following year with the Red Sox. And that's faced off against a really good reliever that shut them down, that made them look embarrassing, that won the partially contributed to winning a series against them. Uh, And then they signed Brandon Morrow. We happened to do that with Joe Kelly. Also didn't necessarily pan out the way that we had hoped it would, but it's a reoccurring theme. You see a guy in the playoffs and you're like, holy crap, that guy's really good. He's a free agent next year. Call him. I want to talk to him. Um, So that's what happened with him. I, I like the direction that they're going. I like the fit. They are, I like the fact that they're in on big reliever names, but haven't done anything yet. And so to supplement that, they've added in these guys that could potentially be big names. But I mean, you're looking at the 2021 bullpen. You look at the outlook for it. You Is there, I, I hate to bring this up because Dodger fans just don't want to talk about it. Personally, I don't think there's any chance that Blake Trinan returns. I think he's going to get the bag from somebody and the Dodgers aren't going to pay him for that. Um, I I have a feeling that Pedro Baez will be back. You um you leave this show now. <laughs> how dare you say I will leave right now. That's fine. Yeah. How dare you say this nightmare? Uh I I can't see Pedro coming back just because he wants years and he wants money. He he turned down a two-year deal last year or last offseason when they were giving away uh they were giving away money to people like Muncie and, and Taylor. Uh, he didn't want it, so he's looking somewhere. He values himself more. He values himself at what his numbers are, a very, very, very good, highly underrated reliever, asterisk, in the regular season. Uh, I do not want Pedro Baez back because I know what he is in the postseason, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it happen. I mean, I don't uh, – there's a good chance Brandon Morrow made his way back to L.A. because of how – 
slow and how ugly this hot stove and this market is. People are not getting money anywhere. Yeah, that that's the other thing that made me think that Pedro might be back because the Dodgers obviously have the money to spend. There's that familiarity that's also with them. I think in any other year, if this was his walk year, it wouldn't happen. But mm-hmm. the fact that teams are just so willy-nilly um, giving up high-quality relievers and high-quality arms yeah. and non-tendering contracts or not tendering contracts to them and just letting them walk away is kind of an indication that a lot of teams aren't going to be willing to spend this offseason. Um, the Mets are one team that I know will spend um, when they already have, and they've probably already overspent on a catcher, unfortunately, for them. Um other than that, there aren't many teams out there that you're looking that are going to look at Pedro Baez as a guy who's going to you're going to pay money to and commit years to, first of all, but also that's going to make their bullpen better. It's a fine balance. It's a fine line that you kind of have to walk with him. The numbers have to be right for Pedro to be on your team, and they might be right for somebody. You never know. I think like my prediction early on was that he'd end up with the Phillies. It just makes sense to me on paper. It makes sense to me with their terrible, awful, no good, very bad bullpen. Yeah. Um, Pedro Baez automatically makes their bullpen way better just by him being there in the first place, which is weird to say as a Dodger fan, but it is true. Uh, but if that doesn't shape out, if his market doesn't shape out, he might take a one-year deal with the Dodgers again. And it might be pretty low contract, low offer, but he might take that one-year deal and hope that the market rebalances itself next year, which is not a bad move, honestly. It sounds like that's what Kike is going to trying to do too. Yeah, well, with Kike, well, I would say, yeah, they're going to go for the one-year deal. They're not going to do it in L.A. They're not going to do it as Dodgers. Kike is not coming back to L.A. because – if he we wants to, and we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, but if he wants to get uh, enough at bats in one year to go back out on the market and try to get a, a, a long-term deal as a, I guess he'd be a 30-year-old then, it's not going to happen in L.A. because the Dodgers are going to try out Gavin Lux a lot more next year. Um, you're either going to have uh, JT back or you're going to have an Arenado or Lindor or whatever the hell these people, uh, the rumors are saying or LeMahieu, somebody else uh, getting those at bats. Um, yeah, Kike, I don't see it happening again. We'll get more into Kike uh, in a little bit. I do want to talk uh, a little bit more about about the winter meetings and just how it's been so flat, and we're seeing these type of moves. Uh, right, and, and saying something like Blake Trinan, maybe he makes sense, but somebody's going to pay him because there's always just massive bullpen needs around the league. I mean, that would be a great move for the Phillies. If they're trying to pretend they're contenders, go get him, mm-hmm. make him your closer. It, it makes it look at least like you're trying to do something, but uh, let's, let's, let's see what a few of the folks say uh, in the comments here on that. Uh, our boy, El Cariza, Chris is saying bias 2.0 is good. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Not in the postseason. And those and that matters. Yeah. We seem to have uh we seem to have gotten struck a struck a chord here with uh some of the guys watching today because some people are really happy about it. Some people are like, Hold up a second, did you just say Pedro Baez is coming back to my team? Uh so I think a couple people are a little bit upset about it, and that's understandable. If you've been a Dodger fan for any point in the last couple of years, you know that Pedro Baez is not the guy that you want to see come into a big situation. And worse than that, he is always the guy that comes into a big situation, unfortunately. Um, <sighs> he's, I, I think he's a good quality pitcher. I think that the Dodgers are just at another level to where they've evolved to where they don't need him or can move on from him or can get somebody better than him. Obviously it's not, it's not a shot at Petey. I like him. Yeah. I think he's a nice kid. Uh, would prefer him not to be around personally, not, not as a person, as a pitcher. I prefer him to not be around. Yeah. 
Yeah, him as a person is fine because I like watching him, you know, find the shade in the bullpen during or in the uh, on the field during batting practice. Uh, yeah, that's a different very, story. Very enjoyable to watch him be by himself. <laughs> on YouTube, Vic says uh, keep Urias as the closer. I I would be all for that. I think that most Dodger fans would Victor. be all for that. Um, Victor. Victor is not going to happen, but Vic is talking about Julio. Victor one, and, and uh, now Julio is going to be a starter, especially if you want to keep him, uh, you know, beyond his arbitration, beyond his team control. The only way you're keeping him is if he's a starter. Give him his one full year. Um, we got Har- Harpazo 2020 saying Morrow and Nelson well worth the gamble. I agree. Might as well bring him in. Like, like you were saying, it's a spring training thing. If they're flat, you don't have to pay him anything. Jose Rod asking, what if we can get Blake Trinan back cheap? Do you think Trinan would take a cheap deal to return here if he can't, if the market isn't there? I, I think if it's going to be one of those situations similar to that, to those guys that we just talked about, where if there's not a market there for him, um, he might take a one year deal on a, on a, you know, <sighs> It, it, it's not ideal for him, honestly, at his age. Um, he's obviously still bouncing back from things. He's about to be 33. Um, he's got still some work to do to get back to his all-star closer form. But I think if you're looking at the, I don't know, if you're looking at the value of him, obviously he didn't perform great in the championship series and the World Series, but he did get big outs during the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird balance for him right now. Um, I think ideally he would want to take a couple years at this point. Yeah. Might not get that, but he might. He might get that from somebody. You don't know. Someone might take the risk on it. Someone might take the gamble and say, yeah, he is back on the upswing. The, the Dodgers got him back in order. He's got still got some stuff to figure out, still got some command issues that he's got to get down, but he's back on the rise. His ground ball percentage is back up where it needs mm-hmm. to be. So I think that it's possible. I think if you were going to tell me, hey, either Trinan or Baez, um, if you were saying, hey, both those guys want to come back on a one-year deal because their market's not developing, personally, I'm taking Trinan, and I think that's, kind of an easy choice but maybe i'm wrong maybe people disagree with that yeah i saw uh i saw one one question that that got me thinking about it um if you had this the scenario you had the situation of three years of of hendrix or you can get both trinan and bias back where are you going just out of curiosity i know this yeah i know there's a right answer Hendrix, no, no doubt about it, no problem. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain to you guys later why Hendrix is the solution for a lot of our problems. You got to stick around to find out, though, because uh, oh, that's, that's how you get all my wisdom. Boom. I push, I push the button. Winter meetings again, the flop, the weirdest thing I think happened. So, uh, credit to the guys at John Boy, uh, Jimmy and Jake, and the other guy, the the flame out big leaguer whose name escapes me at the moment. They they had an eight-hour live stream, which is insanity. And uh, they had a, all basically all the big-time media guys on there. And, right. And Rosenthal, our boy Kenny Rosenthal, athletic uh, god, the athletic, not he's not an athletic god, but he, I think he just got bored and had some fun on a on a. a, a stream thing that he thought nobody was watching and said they asked him hey where do you think trevor bauer is going and he said the dodgers and people slightly lost it uh you you caught the i I don't know it was it tongue-in-cheekiness for ken to say rosenthal or uh ken to say bauer to the dodgers or do you think he actually believes that i i think in the context of it i mean he he was asked for like 
who's your like dark horse candidate to 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 make a run at him? And he seemed pretty serious. Like, no, the Dodgers, I think, will make a run at him. In his mind, the more I think about it, the more the more I look at what's happening with Trevor Bauer, uh, the more it makes sense. And not necessarily that he's coming to the Dodgers, but the fact that he would need to go to a large market team. The Cleveland Indians are not, were not, and are not a large market team, believe it or not, somehow. Uh, the Reds, my goodness, not a large market team. <laughs> Even um, smaller, yeah. Yeah, and, and the point that I saw made was in years past, a player with his reputation, with his baggage that comes along with him, with his personality, with the fact that he has a YouTube channel where he basically reveals all the behind the scenes that people don't want to hear or teams don't want people to hear about, things like that. In years past, he would not be welcome to a large market team. But I think that dynamic has shifted kind of dramatically over the last couple of years. And I think teams like that kind of attention and like that kind of difference that they have. I personally don't think that the Dodgers are in on that. I, yes. I don't see that. Um, I don't see, you know, we've talked about this in the past where we have seen players that had to take down posts or pictures or reactions to things or yeah. <laughs> even just like hints of reactions to things. And yeah. they, you know, they immediately came down and uh, that's all assumptions that we've, we've assumed that they've been told to take it down because it seems weird that all of them are doing the same thing. Um, and I, I would, I would say that that's right, but the wow. Dodgers do like to kind of play things kind of close to the chest. They don't really like to keep things out there very much. So yeah. does that fit their personality? Does that fit their profile? No, absolutely no, not. I don't think so. Um, the idea of, of Trev going to a large market team. Yeah. It sounds great on paper. Um, professionally i i really started thinking about it because i've been closed off to the idea of bauer just because i i honestly don't want all the other show knowing how much uh him and the organization would butt heads that that would never ever work out a marriage between the two sides because like you just said the dodgers don't want anything out there meanwhile bauer wants to vlog behind the scenes at the you know at the stadium He's, yeah, I mean, he wants to he wants to talk about all like I- even in addition to that, like mm-hmm. you get into the arbitration process, you get into you know free agency, all that sorts of thing. He wants to tell you exactly how that went down, and that doesn't always paint organizations in the best picture because at the end of the day, they are businesses who you know need to wisely spend and invest their money. So, from a fan viewpoint, you look at that and you're like, wow, they're they're kind of the bad guys here, and mm-hmm. then you know organization doesn't necessarily want that. So it is a weird situation for him to be in um i don't think that he's going to change anything about that i don't mm-hmm. i think this no. is his goal like he wants to this is how he wants to grow the game and maybe for him it's working maybe maybe it is i haven't paid much attention to him honestly yeah but i just don't see it being a fit with the dodgers i do see it being a fit with like for me it's a fit with the mets and i think that's the thing that makes the most sense to me I, I I don't know. Yeah. The Mets would be if fun, you, and and where where the part where I do love Trevor Bauer, Los Angeles Dodger, is he's one of the most advanced guys when it comes to advanced analytics and and taking care yeah. of your body and the velo and the drive line and all the blah blah blah. The idea of getting him, you know, with Clayton Kershaw, with Walker Bueller for a season, them sitting. You know, side by side in the dugout, if that's a thing that's ever allowed again, talking about pitching, talking about baseball. I mean, you you heard Alex Wood in a, such a short amount of time that they were teammates. They were talking, you know, Woody was talking about how much uh, uh, or what Bauer meant to him and, you know, getting him in the driveline and 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 kind of getting him on track and, and on the right pace to take his stuff to the next level. Right. So if all of a sudden you can get a, a 33 year old Kershaw 
uh, with stuff that takes him for you know takes him uh, near elite for the next two, three, maybe even four seasons. That's the kind of little stuff that you think about that would be so much fun, almost kind of throwing back to the Granky era, but Granky was a lot more in, in his own world. And I think at the same time, Kershaw was in his own world at the time, but, but right. Um, yeah, he just, he would not fit in with, with that, with the culture that the front office wants. And, uh, yeah. So with that, Kenny was, uh, Kenny Rosenthal, I think was, was having some fun and trying to ruffle some feathers. <laughs> That's the personal, uh, personally, the way I, I see it. Um, I don't know if you disagree on that much, but no, I mean, Kenny's been on a good one. All, all I guess <laughs> he was on a good one this past week, man. I mean, aside from the Bauer thing, which we've, you know, we've talked about in the past and it's obviously been brought up. Obviously the Dodgers have a lot of money to spend, so they're going to be in any conversation. Um, he also <laughs> wrote this thing, uh, this thing, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where it came from i don't know if you're just like i'm really freaking bored and i gotta write something down or i'm gonna go nuts and he prefaced it to be fair to kenny he prefaced it and, and basically yeah. was like hey this is not something that i've heard is happening there's no rumor or indication of any of this happening this is just a scenario that i see that could happen or could be an option and he brought up two very strange odd free agency slash trade scenarios the first one was the one that bothered me the most. Um, <laughs> I, I guess it's not the first one. And the way he wrote it, it was the second one. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to phrase this as the first one. In his mind, he thought that uh, with all the rumors with Nolan Arenado coming to the Dodgers or being traded to the Dodgers, he thought, you know what? While you're at it, you might as well just trade Corey Seager and get Trevor Story over here as well. <laughs> Basically just saying, hey, just move Trevor Story and Nolan Arenado to L.A. and just get rid of Seager now. You know, you're going to have to extend him in the future. It's going to be a lot of work to do. He's going to cost you a lot of money. You got to replace him now. So just bring Trevor Story, which is really funny for a lot of reasons. Number one being Trevor Story is a free agent after this year. Yeah. So I'm not really sure the direction he was heading with that. But add in the fact that those two guys cost $51 million this year. And uh, Kenny... Someone check on Kenny, man. I don't know what happened. I don't know what's going on. I think he went to one of the spots where uh, where the weed is more legal. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man, he spent too much time with John Boy or something, dude. <laughs> Kenny uh, Snoop Rosenthal, ladies and gentlemen. Interesting exactly. interesting stuff to see. Uh, back into the real world of things. The Dodgers do have free agents that are out there in the world. We gotta talk Kiki. We gotta talk JT. We're gonna get into more of the rumors in a little bit because there have been slightly more substantial rumors. Probably mainly the Hendrick one, and I want I want you to get more into to to Hendricks as a Los Angeles Dodger. But first, we gotta talk about the guys that aren't uh, currently aren't and maybe should be. So we were uh, we last week we chatted with former Dodgers GM and the. F- Former last GM to win a World Series, he does no longer uh, hold that distinction, uh, and he's happy about that to not have to be the uh, only remembered as the 1988 guy the last time the Dodgers won. But anyways, talk to Fred Claire a little bit about like how would you look at winning a World Series and and seeing two of of the key guys out on the free agent market. And while he didn't give us over like too much of an answer on on 
would I bring them back? He he, I, I like the way Fred talked about it. Uh, I'm interested to because we haven't talked about the the chat so much. But uh, if you guys want to check it out, the full interview is on uh, on our YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/DodgersNationTV. A full chat with Fred Claire. It's a it's a long one. He's uh, we're all chatty people, and we all had our coffee that morning. But it, it's good if you if you like good baseball talk. Um, you can tell some good stories, man, and I could listen to some. I could listen to some of those stories for a very long time. He talked about the uh, one of his first winter meetings, and that was a. Uh, he also talked about the winter meetings um, where you know obviously the big trade happened, three team trade that basically won him the World Series. Yeah. Eventually, won the World Series, which was just a really good story to hear. But because thing- I wasn't alive, I wasn't there. Believe it or not, <laughs> you were not there. Uh, one of the big things, though, I did like was him talking about how if I'm running another ball plug I'm looking to somebody like Kike or I'm looking at JT these these guys that have meant so much to the club uh to to this Dodgers uh success over the last 5 6 even you know now 8 years although all of both of those guys in particular were not there for the whole uh the whole run but right you know it, you do you got to look at that as a as another a, a rival GM as they would say if they uh if there was any rival GMs this this weird shitty off season but um <laughs> Yeah, to 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 look at Akika and what he could mean to your your uh, team, to somebody like the Twins, where he's been linked, or even the Mets is, uh, that are rebuilding. Uh, Toronto wants to get veteran leadership, which is why you've seen the Blue Jays uh, linked to Lemayhu a lot, linked to Justin Turner early in the offseason, and those type of guys. So, uh, long circle around here. Is it finally goodbye season for officially? I mean, we've talked about it a number of times uh, this this winter so far, uh, but is it officially goodbye season for Enrique Quique Hernandez? Yeah, I don't think at, <laughs> I would say at any point since the start of 2020, even before the whole world shut down, et cetera, I don't think at any point did I think that Quique Hernandez would be back in a Dodger uniform after this year. And it seems like with each passing day, the likelihood of that, it just keeps growing that he's just not going to come back. Um, obviously he kind of stirred the pot a little bit by posting that, that, uh, what's that called? The, uh, profile pick. Yeah. The profile pick. It's like ambiguous. I don't know. I guess that's the right word. It's just a question mark with a, with on a, on his hat. And that's his profile picture now. Cause obviously he doesn't know where he's going to go mm-hmm. and no one knows where he's going to go. Um, but to me that was the most like a, Oh Yeah. Yeah, that's that's right. He's leaving. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. And then you build on top of that when the report, report comes out about his uh, contract demands. Air quote. Uh, it was it wasn't surprising to no. see, given the way that the Dodgers have treated him over the last couple of years and how vocal he's been about wanting to be a starter and everyday player and doesn't want to be a super utility guy because he doesn't like being called that, um, even though he is that. <laughs> he wants you know he wants a one year deal. But more than that, he wants 500 plate appearances, mm-hmm. which is uh, that's a starter. A 500 plate appearances is a starter. And yeah. so if you're looking at that, I don't know. Actually, I, I'm not even going to say I don't think. I know that the Dodgers cannot promise him that in any given no. year, especially at the rate that he plays at with the inconsistency, inconsistency at the plate that he has. I mean, he's never topped more than I think like four 460 if i remember correctly played it's 4 462 in uh in 17 and 460 in 2018 and that's his max and that's when he was starting a whole bunch and that was back to back years where they said hey yeah this is the second base job it's yours you can have right. it and he couldn't he couldn't you know he couldn't hold it down that's him saying i want to bat at the top of the lineup and i want to be a starter 
and I want to play on a consistent basis. I want to play on an everyday basis. It's not going to happen in L.A., at least with the Dodgers. It could have happened with the L.A. Angels because this is the only time I'll call them uh, call the Anaheim Angels the L.A. Angels. That could have been a, a move, but then they went out and got uh, a pair of churches, so it's not it's not going to make uh, too much sense to to bring Kike there if they don't have the playing time he's looking for. So I don't see a scenario where the Dodgers bring him back. Again, I hate going back to this because it seems like such a cop out, but maybe the market is just in such a bad spot that that all the guys who are leaving try to come back on short term deals that are worth not as much as they maybe could have gotten the free market. But it all depends. I don't know how the free market's going to shape out. I will say that of all the free agents this year, Kike probably makes sense for a lot of different teams. Yeah. He's he's valuable, like Fred was saying. Mr. Fred Claire saying they uh, he's he's such a, a valuable commodity to a baseball team and another like rebuilding team. I mean, hell, you, the, the Giants could sign him, plug him in at second base, depending on what the money he's looking for. But not only are you immediately upsetting like the fan base or whatever, and then all you know all of a sudden uh, you're getting him some some much needed plate appearances on on a bad team. That maybe has a chance to to get somewhere in the playoffs, depending on how the 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 expanded playoffs look next year, which it could be a thing. So, uh, yeah, is Kike uh, is this finally goodbye for Enrique? Yes, it's going to be goodbye. They can't, they can't provide what he's looking for. Would honestly, yeah. I've hit a point where if he did come back, yeah, it'd be great. He is a very important uh, part of the team. You know, uh, our boy SD Dodger Tim Rogers talked about it on Twitter earlier today. It's like we're gonna miss that that versatility, but you know, hopefully you could plug in the uh, the cheaper and younger Zach McKinstry and see what you can get out of him off the bench. So that'll be kind of cool to see. Uh, I, I would like to see both of them get some plate appearances in their own way. The other side, this guy's getting plate appearances wherever he goes. Justin Turner is seeking a three-year deal. Those are his air quote contract demands. The man just turned 36 a couple weeks ago. Um, is it too much to say, hey, come back to the Dodgers? Is he going to be like too old? How, how do you feel about JT now that we've gotten this much further into the winter and this much further away from the the glow of the World Series? Yeah, man. <sighs> 36 years old. <laughs> a three-year <laughs> deal just puts you in a really, a really tough spot if you're the Dodgers because – I think any other organization, you know, I look at teams that don't have as much depth at their minor league level or don't have as much depth at a particular position or anything like that. And I think that makes sense. I think a three-year deal makes sense for them. I think that they can afford the risk associated with the last year of his career. Because really, you're only really worried about that last year of his contract. You're not really worried about the next two years. Maybe maybe a little bit about the second year, but not too much. Um but I think as another organization, you can afford that risk. I don't think the Dodgers need to afford that risk. I don't think that there's a purpose for them to. I think that obviously they would love to have JT back. We would all love to have JT back. I, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But when you're pushing three years like that, you start getting into a situation where you start flashing back to like Chase Utley or David Freeze, guys who were probably played a year longer than they should have. Um, right. And it showed not not as much with Freeze, yeah, but Freezer, definitely with Chase. Freezer, definitely with Chase. Yeah, Freezer was a godsend, and and Chase Utley Freezer was was, was uh, he was just kind of there. He was having some fun, right? He was, yeah, yeah. In his last year, he was like, "Look, dude, I'm a coach. <laughs> I'm here. I'm going to get a few be- uh, plate appearances. I'm probably going to strike out, but it is what it is." If if I, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. If Justin, if Justin just wants years, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you can front load a contract. Right. I don't mind um, giving him sort of a legacy contract. Looking at it like uh, the way the Dodgers sort of planned it out with with Utley. I mean, Utley they signed a two year deal, knowing that he was just going to play the one, um, and it was kind of a luxury tax sort of move. But JT, you know, you know he's got one more season starter level uh or at least starters workload but the dodgers have kids like cody hosey they have uh you know even some of the guys like uh like see if mckinstry can maybe lock down some time there at third base seeing what eddie rios really gets you i mean that dude's a bopper you can't just keep you know stuffing these guys away i mean you look at uh, last week in the rule five draft the dodgers lost eight pretty big names from their farm system and it's, we've we've hit this point and uh tim were, tim and i were talking about this a little bit um you've hit this point where you've hoarded these guys for so long now you're just losing all right. of the value so you bring back I mean, jt and you're, you're taking away potential ab's from from eddie rios but i think you know i test uh personally he's not an everyday third baseman but I test no. has not seen enough of Eddie because it's been JT. Right. And I think that's been a shortcoming of the Dodgers for the past. I, I don't want, you know, honestly, since ownership took over, I don't think that the Dodgers are used to having this deep of a farm system. <laughs> and I think that they've had to adjust to that because of how quickly their farm system got really, really good. Mm-hmm. I think that you look back and there are several instances where you can look back now as a Dodger fan and say, like, yeah, they probably should have brought up that guy a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, they probably should have gotten that old guy out of there a long time ago. Yeah, we wasted a few years of pretty young talent because we wanted to give an old guy a legacy contract or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's definitely been an overflow of talent. I think uh, coming into this year, you and I talked about just the fact that Edwin Rios and Matt Beatty were both on the team in general and haven't been traded was pretty wild um, because of the – Potential that they both have, but also the fact that they are major league ready players and there is no room for them on the roster at times. And obviously they made room on it this year. Um, the expanded rosters help with that. But those are both guys that should be playing full time. Those yeah. are both guys that should be having starting chops or at least like not even just at, at least be getting opportunities. Like we, yeah, I mean, you stash Matt Beatty on the bench for the entire playoffs, and you're like, this is a guy that can bop. Like this guy yeah. can hit. What are we doing here? Like, I mean, obviously when you have a team who's producing and doing well. You don't really think about that too much, but man, there is a lot of wasted talent and it, it's tough to call it wasted mm-hmm. when you're winning ball games. but it, it, it is a lot of talent that's just yeah. sitting there and that could be starting somewhere else. Yeah. And, you know, we've come to know a lot of these guys and we want to see them succeed and we want to see them perform and get their opportunities. Um, when Ross Stripling was traded, I think we were probably pretty happy for him, even though that, you know, not a Dodger and it kind of sucks, but we both knew that he was going to get an opportunity to be a starter somewhere else yeah. rather than a, Hey, you are what we tell you, you are that day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that for that, I was happy for him, but, um, yeah, and, it's, it's a tough spot. The Dodgers got a lot of talent Yeah, man. in a way, like sh- we're all being selfish about it because Hey, our team is that much better, uh, than every other team by, by a mile. But, it's these guys, you know, livelihood. It's their careers that are, are essentially being held captive in a way by by the front office knowing that, okay, we have you for this long. We can control you for this long. We're going to do what, what you want. And then, you know, you right. look at somebody like like Ross, who, you know, is an all-star in, in 2018, 
and you know he's here he was here in his age 30 season and was barely making like what was it he made like a two million dollar deal or something like that and that i mean this is a 30 year old man <laughs> meanwhile you had somebody like you know uh, garrett cole not the same talent level at all but garrett cole goes on to get 300 million dollars from the, the jankies and I, I see a lot of uh, Cole and Yankees chat happening. So I, I, that was for you guys. Uh, boom. You got your Cole mention out of uh, out of your boy right here. But, you know, that's why Kike wants to go somewhere and and have a uh, have a chance to rebuild or build some value with a 500 plate appearance uh, uh, season, which isn't even a full full time starting gig. It's just the most PAs he would have ever gotten his career. Um, so yeah, it does hit a point where, you know, it's kind of messed up the way the Dodgers are treating some of these guys. And, uh, I guess we're, we're sort of reaping the fruits of the benefits or whatever benefits of the fruits of the labor. I don't know uh, where to wrap it up here, but, um, kind of doubling back to JT, JT was a guy at the time when we signed him, definitely needed him. Uh, there since have been maybe some guys that can take that spot. Uh, but you know, you look at, at what happened after Adrian Beltre walked walked and again they're not the same uh quality of player at all. They both have their different right. high quality intangibles, but how barren third base was for the better part of a decade or close to a decade uh after Beltre. You don't want to see that happen. You put some respect to Casey Blake's name. <laughs> I stand behind my statement. Uh, yeah, you don't want to see that happen again with uh with they or they hold on to JT and then you block somebody or they let JT go and then oh guess what Eddie Rios wasn't there and Cody Hosey was is the next Andy LaRoche or something like that things just didn't quite work out and now all of a sudden you got a hole in the lineup where one of the things that's been so great about this lineup is that there hasn't been a hole uh since I guess since Chase Utley was starting at second base <laughs> it's been yeah it's been a, it's been a little while but I mean you get to a point where you feel good about it and there's no there's not a super old dude yeah. playing in the infield where he shouldn't be. Uh, with all due respect to Chase Utley, one of my favorite dudes out there and always a great ball player, but it does feel like we're at a point now where we have so much talent in the farm. Yeah. I think arms arms are one thing that you never run short yeah. on, or you can never have too many of, yeah. I think is a better way to say that. Arms, you can always have as many arms as you want, but just position players. Like You look around at so many different dudes that are probably already ready to go in the minor leagues for the Dodgers, and you're like, oh, they're going to have to go play somewhere else because we don't have room for them here. And, uh, you know, that's a good problem. It is a good problem. And I think that we forget that, uh, but it also makes it a little easier to let guys like Kike go to let guys like JT, who is demanding a three-year contract, not demanding, asking for a three-year yeah. contract. That's going to put him near 40 years old when he's done, makes it a little bit easier to deny something like that. But, uh, a couple things on JT before we wrap up JT and move on to the other rumors because we do got to talk about uh, LeMahieu. We got to talk more Hendricks before we we bounce for the evening. But um, Jose Rod uh, had brought it up a little while ago on the on the chat uh, over on YouTube, saying even in a, a shortened season, JT was injury prone. So you wonder if the two sides can sort of almost look at it like uh, like an arbitration hearing or whatever, and you could be like, uh, "Hey, JT." You know, you don't really get us that you don't get us 500 uh, plate appearances in a year or 600 or whatever. Maybe we give you uh, that three year deal, but it's like a three year, $25 million deal. And it's like 10 and 
you know, 10, 10, five or whatever, something like that. Three years, 27, you find a way to make it work like that. And you, you sort of have the, uh, the kind of gentleman's agreement that you're not guaranteed a starting role by, you know, the third year of your contract, you might have to phase into more of a super utility role, become the next Chase Utley. And I could, I, you know, you can see maybe JT being on board with that, seeing his predecessors of, you know, Utley, Freezer, these guys that have done it and done it very well. Uh, JT's knees are not getting any younger. Oh, God, no. <sighs> it's his last. And his defense has been in steady decline. <laughs> it's his last opportunity to secure the bag. Would he take a lesser bag to stay home, though? I guess it's a I mean, way. you know, that's something that he's going to have to. <laughs> that's a consideration that he's going to have to make. Obviously, he he feels to an extent like he owes something to the Dodgers. Um the Dodgers took a risk on him and changed his career and changed his life forever. Uh, and he, you know, for for his part, he's done the, his best to change the Dodgers' lives forever. And he's done a really good job of that. He's changed a lot of our lives for the better because of what he's done here, both on the field and off the field. I think if he wants to stay home, there is definitely a contract for him to stay home. But if he wants to get that money, I got no problem with that. I got no qualms with that. JT, go do it. Get your money. Get paid. Retire on top. Retire with a bunch of money in your bank account and then do whatever you want after that, man. But either way, I think either way, I have no problem with it. That's a good thing, though. Yeah, it's not like he's broke. I would I would much prefer to to come back and try to try to run it back in a full season, then go to Toronto and see what happens. That's but that's just me. I prefer to win and be around my friends. <laughs> yeah, my real friends. He has one, fr- maybe one and a half friends in Toronto. So, yeah. <laughs> One and a half. Where we go? I forget about the soundboard. We're just French. Just yeah. language, you yeah, know, lang- language barrier there. Uh, all right. The final little bit before we wrap up, we got about uh five and change here, something like that. I mean, we got however long we want. We run the damn thing. DJ LeMayhew over the weekend uh, was sort of linked, sort of incidentally not linked. It just things um things started to make sense where a a partnership where it can work between the Dodgers and uh, LeMahieu. I guess DJ's asking, uh, what is it, five years, $100 million from the Yankees, and the Yankees are uh, not quite willing to go there for the 32-year-old. Y- your boy Jeff Passan talked about slotting, the Dod- uh, slotting him in at third base for the Dodgers, which he has played third. It's been a while. Uh, thoughts? What are your thoughts on this Lemayhu stuff? Uh, are the, is there teeth to it? Do you want to see it? What kind of money? All that kind of stuff. I mean, if you're telling me that the Yankees and DJ are twenty five million dollars apart on where they where he wants to be, uh, I just don't see a, a scenario where the Dodgers would try to outbid something like that. No. I don't. I don't see the benefit of it necessarily. Obviously, we can talk about DJ's home and road splits. You know till the cows come home or whatever they say. <laughs> but that aside, you forget entirely about that. And you're like, okay, well, if you're going to loot, let's say you're missing out on JT, you're going to pay this dude a lot more to come here and play a position that he hasn't really played much of. Mm-hmm. And we don't know really what he's capable of. And he's aging. And on top of that, you also have young guys who can get the job done and you want to not block somebody long-term because signing him to a five-year deal is blocking somebody long-term. It's blocking a couple of guys long-term. Uh, I just, I don't see a matchup on paper. I don't see a matchup in anybody's hearts. I, I none of that really makes sense for me. <laughs> and um, I think you and I, are in agreement that the Dodgers are not the type of team to 
experiment. I think their yeah. biggest experiment over the last couple of years was uh, putting Chris Taylor in the outfield for the first time and being like, oh, please work. And then it worked. Yeah. And obviously, great. But aside from that, the Dodgers don't really play with fire in that sort of regard. Oh. They're not going like, you know, you played five games of third base in minor, in single lay ball. Let's put you over, see what happens. They're not really that type of thing. I mean, the Jock Peterson <laughs> experiment aside, they don't do much besides that. And, and, and while you're at it, here's a bunch of money and a bunch of years. The, the Dodgers are not the type of team to do what the Red Sox did with Hanley Ramirez oh after, what, 2014, 2013, where they signed him to be a left fielder. And then, like, 28 minutes later, he was out of baseball. <laughs> They're that like, is, oh, wait, you're yeah. not a left fielder. <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is not quite their style. Um, and and kind of doubling back, you're looking at the LeMahieu stuff. If he wants more years, yeah, I agree with you 100. The Dodgers are not going to try to outbid the Yankees. There's no reason for them to try to outbid the Yankees. Right. Um, sure, LeMahieu can hit just about anywhere, but he has had uh, two. He's played for two teams and has won two batting titles where his home team has very, very hitter-friendly ballparks. So right. you sort of look at that with like kind of the Nolan Arenado grain of salt with it a little bit. So you want to pay him even less because of that. But at the same time, if we're talking about JT and not wanting to block some of these kids or give Eddie Rios an opportunity, well, that's 100% gone now if you sign DJ LeMahieu for five years. And again, he's going to be... No, uh, I think he just turned 32 or he's about to turn 33 or next year will be his th age 33 season. He's no spring mm -hmm. chicken and Andy Friedman does not like to give contracts uh, past that age 36 season. So I personally don't see much teeth behind the LeMahieu thing. This is just uh, other other uh, uh, this is writers using the Dodgers as the uh, the mystery team in negotiations. That's right. That's my personal take. And that's good. And the the bare last minute we double all the way back to where we started. Liam Hendricks. I know you wanted to go in a little bit on this. So hopefully uh our our long-winded rambling has been entertaining for you guys and or at least on the podcast you guys are still listening because here's the good stuff. You know what they say, yeah. you bet you bet your best hitter in the nine hole. He's <laughs> the closer. He's it's the closer. This is the reason why you stick around so long to hear the important parts. You got to put them all at the end. So people stick around to the end of the show. That's how show business works. Or yep. so I've been told, I don't know the Dodgers being in on Liam Hendricks still to this point. Number one makes all the sense in the world, but number two, it's huge. It's a, it's a really big commitment to something. If you're thinking about it long-term Hendricks obviously wants multiple years. The, the report is about four years. And that's always a number that's kind of in fluctuation when people are asking for contracts and offers and things like that. They're like, no, I won't take anything less than five. And then somebody ends up taking three and you're like, okay, yeah, that's a negotiation point. I get it. Um, Hendricks is a very, 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 very good pitcher and has been for the last two seasons before that, arguably not so much, but for the last two years has been a workhorse is not limited to one inning in relief. He's not that kind of guy. He has started games in the past. He is Unlike any arm that has been on the free agent market in a while, yeah. um, in the sense that he can do kind of just anything. And we got to see it during the playoffs, was yeah. a monster this year. <laughs> At his best, which he has been for the past two seasons, I mean, he, he's been dominant. He, mm -hmm. I mean, I, I don't even know the best way to put it. He, he, he is the guy that you want. And obviously, he was the guy who kind of followed up like China in Oakland. So it would be kind of funny to watch that happen again, um, coming yeah. from Oakland once again. But 
I mean, over the past two years, in two separate seasons, put together a, a 1.87 FIP and a 1.14 FIP, and anything below three is just like magically delicious or whatever yeah. you want to say about it. Um, has been extremely good. He strikes out dudes at a high clip, around 13 per nine innings, which is like kind of Kenley Jansen numbers when he's good. Um, there are some things that he can fine tune and work on in LA. And as we know, Dodgers pitching coaches have a tendency of making pitchers better when they get here, which is always a good thing. He's already really good. There is one particular situation that I think makes him the ideal fit for the Dodgers though. And it is the fact that say it (laughs) number one, Kenley Jansen is just, (laughs) he's just not after his contracts up. Kenley is not going to be the Dodgers. I just don't think he's going to be here, but Add in the fact that you you look at Kenley's contract situation and you look at Joe Kelly's contract situation and the way it's set up and you're like, holy crap, there's going to be a lot of money on the table over the next couple of years if you're looking to fill out the bullpen. Joe Kelly has a club option in the following year. He's obviously set for this year. Kenley's set for this year. Kenley's going to be a free agent after this year. But Joe Kelly has a club club option after this season that I I just don't think that the Dodgers are going to pick up no. unless he has some sort of miraculous. No, there's no way they uh, it, this year. Which it's, uh, it's for more money too. It is for more money, significantly more considering when you're looking at the arc of his performance Joe, with the Dodgers. Joe Kelly was that that deal was initially supposed to be that Kenley Jansen safety net. And guess what? Ain't right. gonna happen. In the immortal words of Magic Johnson, now <laughs> you're looking he, at it. He's not gonna be here. Right now yeah. you're looking at it and you're like, oh crap, we might get rid of both of these guys with one fell swoop. I mean, he, you know, he's making a like four million in his first year, four million in his second year, eight million this year, something along those lines, and then he's going to jump all the way up to twelve million with a club option. Joe Kelly, no way. There's no yeah. way they're picking up that option again, unless 2021 is some kind of wild, ridiculous comeback year for him, which I just don't see happening. I mean, if you guys got to see Joe Kelly at all last season, you know. <laughs> Um, so if you're looking for a guy who is, you know, let's say Hendricks is like, Hey, I want four years and I'm serious about these four years. The Dodgers can absolutely give him four years and it's not going to come at that steep of a price Mm -hmm. considering it's a longer term. I think he's the guy, man. I think he's the guy that we got to go in on. I think he's going to, he's going to be the man to close down games for us. I, I just see so much value in what he could bring to LA. Yeah, hundred percent. He he would be phenomenal. He checks off on a number of boxes in, in filling out your bullpen for beyond twenty twenty one. If you do sign him to a four year deal, uh, there's nothing that says he's trending in the wrong direction. Um, we got we got Bill Bill on Facebook saying uh, Hendricks would be tremendous, a tremendous good fit for the Dodgers. Should be worth making that signing happening. Uh, Logan Jones talking about uh, Joe Kelly Fight Club. I am wearing the nice swing B shirt from our GearUp.LA store. Do check it out on the internet. Uh, where is it? Where Brandon was is mad at us. Brandon Prince on YouTube saying, "Why would you say that about Jansen? The man has the most saves in Dodgers history. Where is the love, people? It's not a not love. What if you thing. don't feel lately? I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was what have you done? We we loved Kenley. We're gonna look back at Kenley's career." With with uh with love and rose tinted whatever blah blah but right now if he's not getting the job done consistently, you it, at some point it's uh I guess it's a yeah you gotta you gotta crap or get off the pot here and you can't just keep giving him this job if he's uh, not going to excel at it anymore. 
maybe he can be a fine seventh inning guy, but I just, uh, you don't see Kenley, even if he has a resurgent 2021, I cannot see Kenley Jansen remaining in Dodger blue uh, beyond 2022 or much more behind that, but good. He's going to be like a closer or something. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, from the comments. We were able to see there are oddly, uh, there's a, a borough fight, uh, like a New York borough fight happening. Uh, in- yeah, I really, I really enjoy the threats happening in the comments. That's re- that's always a good time to to see in the middle of a stream when we're talking about baseball and looking down and being like, "I'm from the Bronx," and you're like, "Okay." And, and he's 26, by the way. But uh, we appreciate you oh. kids uh, uh, not crushing our algorithms and keeping the numbers up. That's always fun. We got a bunch of comments Thanks. out of that, uh, but hopefully next time it's a little more normal. We can see more of your guys' comments going on along the way. Uh, I will end our our stream with a, a comment. Uh, the most important comment coming from Leslie on here, the second to last uh, show of the 2020 season for us or the 2020 calendar year. At the end of the day, the Dodgers still won the World Series, and that's just a, a, a fun and friendly and wonderful reminder that we all should be getting on the daily. And you can if you follow us on uh, Official Dodgers Nation. Our our uh, our Instagram account is is always reminding you in the morning that we are world champions and if you want to be reminded about more dodgers news or learn the latest check us out on the internet at dodgersnation.com that is a website that gives you baseball sports talk we are a podcast we're on itunes spotify iHeartRadio, google play stitcher radio all those spots where your podcasts are available for free you can find blue heaven podcast uh do subscribe to our youtube channel youtube.com slash dodgers nation tv uh, we have a bunch of news going on with our, uh, our our counterpart, with our buddy Doug McCain. He is doing news updates every day, just about every day of the week. And uh, his uh, his videos are fun to watch, even if some people uh, want to read them. So we're seeing people in the comments saying to transcribe it. The whole idea is to listen to it. You don't want to read it. This is reverse audible, Chief. Anyway, thank you. That's a, a good way to phrase it. We're really proud of you for that. <laughs> Guys, I'm episode three. This guy on one of the sides of me, and I never know which one it is, is at RealFRG. We're both on Twitter and Instagram. Go check us out. We'll be celebrating the holidays by doing nothing. You want to be there for that. We are at Dodgers Nation on Twitter, at Official Dodgers Nation on Instagram. Make sure you head over to the IG page. Check out that huge, massive, wonderful, great giveaway that we're doing. You don't want to miss out about miss out on that one, doing that with Elite Sports Collectibles. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you for your questions. Thank you for your comments. Thank you. Shout out to the Bronx, I guess. I don't know. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Bye.